This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 57 of the Stacey West podcast. As ever, I'm Ben and joined by Gary. How are you getting on, my good man? I'm doing very well, Ben. Ben, 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 Ben. Yes, sorry about last week. Um... I, I had some headphones on that have got uh, what they call open-backed headphones, so the noise kind of goes out of both sides of them. Um, and as a result, Gary had some echo because it was picking up from my headphones as well. But uh, hopefully... I had that once with a guy on the bus. Oh. I don't know if he had open-backed headphones. It's annoying, though. He didn't echo. He was He was just playing really bad music. I hate that on the bus. Like when someone either has really crappy little earphones that they turn up way too loud because they don't fit in their ears properly they just blast the music all the way across the bus or if they just don't have headphones at all and just sit there with the phone and like as if everybody else wants to listen to their music it's like no just uh, somebody was doing that in weatherspoons before the game on uh, on friday and i I mean i don't like going in the weatherspoons at at the best of times because it gets worse every time i go in (laughs) with with sticky tables and and bad food um, yeah. The food is is so bad that this week I actually ordered two meals in order to guarantee that I got one good one. <laughs> you say guarantee? I mean, it's still not exactly a you know a dead cert, is it? Well, t- I'll be honest. There was a little bit more food than I anticipated. It was like <laughs> you know when you go in a supermarket and you're hungry and you come away with like bags of M and M's and jelly beans and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I went in Weatherspoon's hungry and ordered the gourmet burger with an extra chicken burger in it and then six chicken southern fried chicken strips as well. Jesus um, Christ! And I ate all of it. That's you don't not get a body going. You don't get a body like this, Ben, without putting in the hard yards. Oh, I'm very much aware of how to get a body like that. I mean, I think I may have gone slightly further as well, but yeah. <laughs> you did say I wasn't fat the other week, which was very much appreciated. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm doing my best to dispel that myth, though. Um, right. Let's talk about Friday night. Um, as much as I don't really want to. Uh, I had a. I was extremely tired on Friday. I, I had a 22-hour day on uh, Thursday. I had to go to London. And then I got back and I woke up at my normal time that I'd get back, uh, get up to go to work. So I was incredibly tired all day. 
And I thought, you know what will cheer me up and make me, you know, perk me up a little bit. Should be a nice, exciting football match. And I very nearly dropped off at half time. Um, it, it just wasn't great at all, was it? No, I got that bored in the second half. I actually started trying to remember your hangover analogy word for word for entertainment. <laughs> how bad it got um I, I mean i think if you listen back to the podcast somebody may have said last week um that it had a draw written all over it uh that they would cancel out our attacks down the flanks which they did um you know it, it looks like a 3-5-2 that they play for large parts of the first half it was very much a, a five mm. at the back a 5-3-2 rather than a 3-5-2 uh which means there's no space absolutely no space and a lot of our football has been about trying to get in the pockets between the centre half and the full back, um, which we do very, very well on under usual circumstances. We certainly did it very well against Sunderland. Uh, but when there are no pockets there, I don't think that Michael Appleton as yet has had enough time with the players to come up with a plan B. Um, so it was very much in the first half as it was against uh, Cambridge, Northampton, you know, all of those board draws from last season. Um, and then in the second half, I thought they... They probably got a little bit more adventurous. Not that much, mm. to be fair. You know, when their manager's saying our game plan was to bring Sean Wally on with with twenty minutes to go and get in behind tiring defenders, you know that you know they've come to shut up shop for seventy minutes. They shut up shop for seventy minutes. Um, mm. There was nothing, and I honestly can can say this with my hand on the heart. There was nothing worth talking about, in my opinion, uh, until the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we played some relatively decent football uh, in the first half. Um, you know, some nice sort of, at, yeah, at some point, um, like fairly free-flowing football. I thought we, we were all right. But um, yeah, on the whole, I just think it was um, it was just a bit dull. Um, and then, like you say, it only really kind of came to life in the, in the last 10 minutes with the uh, with what I initially thought was was a poor decision, but uh, having sort of gone back on it, uh, it, it was it was the right decision, wasn't it? With with Kian Bolger, yeah, absolutely the right decision. Um, just going back, you say that you thought we played some relatively good football. Um, the XG for each team, ours was 0.49 and Shrewsbury's was 0.44. And usually it's you know 1.4 something like that. So it, it was just a dour. Um, uh, between the two teams, we played more or less the same amount of passes, more or less the same success rate with our passes, more or less the same possession. It, it was just dour. And as you say, the only thing, when when the ball come over um, for the red card, I don't know why, but I've taken to watching some of the blocks because I'm worried as a neutral and as a Lincoln fan, I might be missing certain things and learning from the Ivan Toby situation, Tony situation last week kind of thought I'm going to watch where the players go sometimes rather than where the ball goes. And I must admit, um, kudos to Harry Toffolo. He's he's very good at the sneaky blocks. Um, and Donald Love did not like it one little bit, which was uh, hilarious. Uh, Keon Bolger, yeah. when it comes to the calculated blocks, needs to remember that it's got to look like it's, a cal- like it's an accidental block. I watched him. Not a lot of people did. A lot of people were watching the ball. I watched Bolger. For me, it looked like he just swung an elbow in the guy's face. Yeah, he made a meal of it. He's going to make a meal of it. If it was a proper elbow in his face, his nose would have been halfway across his cheeks and there would have been some claret. 
there wasn't, but it's an arm in the face that happens against us. You scream red card. There's, there was no doubt whatsoever in my mind. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll, I'll be honest. I was watching the ball, um, and the thing that incensed me the most um, was the reaction. Um, you know, the, the the lad from Shrewsbury, he, he goes down. He's clutching his face. He looks like he's dead. The instant that the ref shows the red card, and he's he springs himself back up. Um, almost for those uh, for those old school wrestling fans, a bit almost a bit like Shawn Michaels when he's he's down and he springs himself up from his neck, you know, sort of doing the, the whole like spring up on his hands as well. Um, That's not old school Hulk Hogan old style. He was on the floor knocked out and he started getting up <laughs> and feeding off the the frenzy of a hundred Hulkamaniacs <laughs> from Salop over in the corner of the Stacey West. It happens. Our players have done it as well. I've got no complaint whatsoever with how he got up. Yeah, um, it, it was just, it's, I think it was just that where it was as well, like right in front of the co-op stand. And it, yeah, it, it wound me up a little bit. But um, yeah, having having seen the immediate reaction of uh, of a lot of people, um, you, you know, yourself included, um, I think I got more tweets around that on Friday than I did um, throughout the whole rest of the week regarding, uh, you know, you're wrong about that, Ben. You're wrong about that, Ben. So, okay, cool. I get it. I'm wrong. Okay, that's fine. But, uh, yeah. We all make mistakes, Ben. Yeah, I know. Um, some of them involve, you know, putting the wrong pair of headphones on and missing a red card, but let's... <laughs> oh, you're holding the head... You're taking the headphone thing too personally. <laughs> but the red card thing, yeah, your ball's up. I mean, you've got to do better. It's terrible. Um, no, do you know what? It's easy during a game to get carried away, I think, with when you're a supporter. It's it's not always easy to watch as a neutral. I've done it. Uh, I can't remember. There was a game last year where um, I had to come away and reflect on something because I was ab- absolutely incensed. Uh, and I know quite a few people were saying, oh, the referee was conned for this and was conned for that. She thought for, for a 24-year-old, thought the referee had a had a really good game. He was 10 times better than, than Stockbridge will ever be. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he spoke to the players. He let them know what was going on. Uh, he dealt with the drop ball situation quite interestingly. But again, he, that was well within the laws. Um, mm. I, I, to be honest, do you know what? I, I think one of their lads got booked for a little bit of dissent. I don't know if Donald Love did. Um, but obviously, you know, Love went off at half time. He was garbage. Mm. Cummings was garbage. I was disappointed with Shrewsbury to a degree because... I thought they were going to come and have a go. And, and we should take it as a compliment because they didn't, mm. you know, they, they, they really did come to shut up shop. They really, they came for a point. I mean, I've said in my blog, half time, I put a tenner on it because no one was going to score. We were, we were never going to score against five at the back. And the worrying thing is going forward when we've got the likes of Bolton um, coming on, on Saturday, which obviously we're not previewing in this pod and we've got Wimbledon and teams like that coming up. If teams come here, uh, to Sinsel Bank and go with a five at the back. We've got to find a way to get through. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, uh, but I am. Four four two is probably the only way that you can start to combat when teams come five at the back. That's not me backtracking. It's me saying to combat another team's approach. Mm. Yeah, I think when they've uh, when they've packed the back, you know, the, the, well, like you say, the back five. Um, that much, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. You need to have that option of uh, of two up top. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it's been and gone now. Uh, it was disappointing. I, I think the the comment about the referee having a decent game. I, I think that's fair enough. I think the uh, the only thing that I thought he was let down by was his officials. I think there was uh, his um, his assistants. Sorry, uh, I thought there was one moment where. 
Um, there was a deflected cross that Vickers tipped over the bar um, and he gave a goal kick, which was possibly the most bizarre decision that I've seen from the, or that I saw from the linesman all night. Um, somebody messaged me saying that it had gone out beforehand, but it was only after he tipped it over the bar that he gave the uh, gave the goal kick, but very strange. And then there were also a couple of uh, suspect offsides. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that either of our goals were, weren't offside because they were both of them as, as far as I could tell. But um, yeah, overall, I want to forget. Um, I'm going to stop the- saying that, uh, I'm going to stop saying now that, you know, I enjoy the, the games under the lights and they're, they're a bit special because every time I say that, it now seems to fall a little bit flat. But uh, Well, yeah. one thing, I thought he got the Vickers decision spot on. I thought it had gone out. I thought Josh has reached over the bar and he's touched it as it's gone over, as it's over the bar already. So I, I actually thought he got that one right. Um, well, the cross was deflected. I, that was the that was the point I was. Oh well, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't listening to you. Um, I was watching my open <laughs> fire burning. Sorry, uh, yeah, cross was deflected. Good point. Yeah, but you know, everybody. I think every referee will make a decision during a game that's not spot on. Um, but I, you know, he got all the big decisions right. Mm. Um, he got the, the two goals. Unfortunately, he got those right as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I will question uh, why we bring on a centre forward and then move our other centre forward out to the left um, mm. before the red card. You know, after you you do what you can to, to, to stay in the game. But I would like to have seen if we're going to bring John on in that situation. I actually think you, you look at taking Jack Payne off. Um, and get Morel to cover a little bit more ground in the middle of the park and go four four two, and I'm not saying we should start that way, but certainly when there's five at the back, you've got to put more bodies in there. Um, and you know it, we didn't do that. Now I don't want to get to a position where we're starting to see centre forwards playing out on a wing because we've had that. We had that with a lot of different managers over time. You know, I remember Ben Tomlinson playing out on the wing. Yeah, uh, I remember Gary Taylor Fletcher playing out on the wing. I think one game, um, and it's one of my overriding memories uh, at Bank was, was seeing Dean Cropper um, out on either the right or the left wing, which was akin to seeing me out there. Um, <laughs> Dean gosh. Cropper, that's a name I've not heard for a while. Bloody There's hell. a reason for that as well, Ben. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? I remember at the beginning of that season, uh, I used to go to watch Lincoln at that time with a lad named Lee. We were living on Monks Road. Um, and I'd, I'd con- he was a, a Leeds fan, I think. Do you know what? That's bad, isn't it? I can't remember who Leeds supported. I'm pretty sure it was Leeds, but anyway, he moved up from Rotherham and we were going. I remember the first friendly, we went to a friendly that season. I think we played Huddersfield in a friendly, and we came away, and we'd seen Simon Yeo and Dean Cropper play, and I thought, I everyone was saying Simon Yeo would be brilliant, and I saw this Cropper, you know, six foot two, six foot three, young, athletic. I thought he's going to be a star. And I remember tipping him. And luckily, there was no internet for the, a record of that to exist. <laughs> um, well, there is now. And there is now. But he came on in the playoff final as well. But yeah. he wouldn't, wouldn't remember that either. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's let's move on. Uh, let's move we on. Got from, a, from... We've got a point, Ben. You're sounding despondent. We took no, a point from a game and we've taken four points from the last three games. And if you work four points over three games out all the way through the season, it's 60 points and that leaves you in the middle of the pack. And whether people like that or not, the fact is we will have a lot more performances that we consider to be under par um, as much because of the way the opposition plays as the way that we play. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I, I, I'm not necessarily sounding despondent about it because it was, you know, a, a poor result or the fact we took a point. I just, it was, yeah, it was just, I don't know, just wasn't an entertaining evening. And I got really grumpy at the end of it as well because the guy who was walking down the stairs in front of me just stood completely still looking at his phone. And <laughs> like the guy behind me started moving and he pushed his kid into my back and I nearly fell down the stairs. But there we go. Um, I actually, I was frustrated with the um blockage getting out and i actually ended up climbing over the seats and then the steward told me off saying that wasn't allowed to climb over the seats um but i climbed over the seats and then i went down to one end of the stand came out at the wrong end of the ground and still got back to where i was meant to meet my dad quicker than he had when he was just going through our normal route yeah same i i sort of forced my way past the uh the the statuesque uh, guy on his phone and like ran down the stairs and sort of walked down to the other to uh, the other turnstiles on block six block seven mm. um so yeah it was just it, it's a fast getting out again now it really is but when you're picking up things like that you can't really find too much else to complain about things can't be no. too bad um but anyway let's move on to uh, tomorrow night with portsmouth now they are currently sat i believe 18th in the table um played three fewer games than we have and they're what five four points four points behind us so it shows you how tight the league is at the minute and it's starting to you know people say oh come back to me when we've played 10 games and you can see where the league's starting to take shape and we're sat in 12th and 14 so Portsmouth 11 games played so I don't know Michael Appleton said this week that they are that they're going to be a team that when they click they're going to give somebody an absolute hiding. I don't think those are his exact words, but um, you know it's going to be they're going to be a dangerous side when uh, when things do start to click for them. Now, do you think things are going to start clicking for them tomorrow night? Given your uh, insight into the rest of the league, don't know. Is the honest shout? Um, I'm not so sure things are going to click for them uh, because I. What I think Mike Appleton means is player-wise, they've got some real quality. Um, obviously, John Marquis, people will talk about. We've got Ellis Harrison, who was at Ipswich last year and has been at Bristol Rovers. He's a really good um, centre-forward as well. Uh, Gareth Evans, Marcus Harness, Ronan Curtis. I mean, they've just got quality across the front line like you wouldn't believe. Uh, they play two holding midfielders, um, Ben Close uh, and Tom Naylor, which can be quite negative when they're at home. And one of their com- one of the complaints about Portsmouth going back to last season and even arguably, arguably the season before was um, they were dour. Uh, they, they set up not to get beat at home. Um, it worked really well. They had a really good away record at the beginning of last season. I believe they stormed to the top of the table. But Kenny Jackett's a manager that doesn't convince me and he doesn't convince his own fans either. Uh, he's got Brett Pittman there. He scored like 25 goals a couple of seasons ago. Last year, he dropped Pittman for Ollie Hawkins. Uh, then he dropped Ollie Hawkins for Omar Bogle. Then he brought in James Vaughan. It's just like Brett Pittman's there. Brett Pittman scores your goals. And you know, Pittman's already scored a, a belter against Crawley uh, in the EFL Trophy, uh, EFL Cup, one of the two. Um, and I think uh, Pittman came out and basically said there isn't another player at Portsmouth who could have scored that goal. So you know, there's there's problems at Pompey, which run deeper than they're just not clicking at the minute. Um, you know, people like to talk about our form going back to the last three games of last season and, and talk about wins and defeats. Portsmouth, you can go all the way back to Christmas, um, you know, because 
at Christmas they were top of League One and they should have been a, a one-two with Sunderland and they collapsed. In the two playoff semi-finals, I think they lost one nil and drew nil nil. I say I think I know because uh, obviously I wrote about them, um, and they were crap. And they've got at the time they had Jamal Lowe, who's just recently scored for Wigan in the Championship. Um, John Marquis scored what twenty-five goals for Doncaster last year, and he looks lost, isolated, and alone in their current setup. Um, it's 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 one of those games where okay, if they click and if they do hammers, I'm going to end up with egg on my face. Um, but I personally can't see it. I actually think we could we could go there and put the final nail in Kenny Jackett's coffin um, because losing at AFC Wimbledon, which which I tipped up on the, on the real EFL, to be fair, um, wasn't a surprise for me. It was something I'd put on my acker. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if we get a point tomorrow night. I don't think we'll beat them because of mm. that resolute defence. Uh, and obviously, Sean Raggett will be playing. He's he's kind of come through. Great, great centre-half, as we know. Um, mm-hmm. I can actually see it being another boring nil-nil. Mm. Yeah. I, um, there, there wasn't as much um, for me to take from, uh, from Friday, where I think, yeah, you know, we're going to go into the game and um, we're going to go into the game, uh, game on Tuesday night and, and take three points from it. Now, obviously... On paper, Portsmouth should be the better side here. They should really, you know, have a, a much better chance of winning the game. But I think if we can, I think things are starting to come together um, with with Michael Appleton now. I think he's obviously, you know, had this time to, like you suggested earlier, he's had his time to get to know the players, but maybe not quite well enough to to have a, a solid plan B in place. But I'm I'm not ex- I'm not expecting huge things from uh, from tomorrow night at all um but like you say I I would take a nil nil um even if it is a, a dull game because again it's another point on the board and I think we if we can um we can take points from the away games that's you know that that was where we won the league last season um home form was okay but then we obviously had that sticky patch where we were drawing a few games and uh, towards I think it was over Christmas Christmas January sort of time um yeah, I'm. I'm not expecting huge things from tomorrow night's game at all. Despite where Portsmouth are in the table at the moment, what I would say, I mean, you know that I'm I quite like a stat, and this XG is something that people talk about a lot now. Uh, just to clarify, because I know somebody was going to ask the question the other day, what well, is XG is expected goals, and there's the the football analysts look at the situations that players get in during a game. Uh, and it's given a rating depending on how many defenders are around, where the shot's taken from, all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm told there's a science behind it and lots of people who are brighter than me use it, so I'm sure it's very good. Um, Portsmouth at home this year have an XG of 2.04, which means they're expected to score 2.04 goals a game. I know that's not possible. It would be two goals a game, obviously. Um, and they actually score on average 1.6, which means that they're getting into good positions and they're not taking as many chances. Um, but against at home, it's re- it's actually really tough. You you tend to see an average of XG around 1 to 1.5, I would say, for, for most teams in most situations um the only team to get above an xg of one at portsmouth this season has been coventry Tranmere got 0.48 i think we can 
probably accept that Tranmere are crap. Um, they certainly have looked that way this season. Burton Albion, a really, really good side, had an XG of 0.11, which means they weren't expected to score a tenth of a goal. That was in a 2-2 draw. Um, they got uh, 28% possession, Burton Albion, in that game. And they played 239 passes compared to Portsmouth, 618. So Portsmouth completely dominated that game. They had an XG of 3.2. So in terms of chances, it should have been 3-0 to Portsmouth. It was 2-2. Gillingham got a mm. 0.18 XG when they got a 0-0 draw there the other week. 35% possession. And yet Bolton Wanderers, so-called whipping boys, lost 1-0 at Fratton Park. Okay, their XG was really poor, but had more possession. So... I think what we're going to see, you're going to see another real possession-based game. You're going to see Portsmouth look to retain the ball, try and pick us apart. Um, but I just think that given how wasteful to a degree they've been, I mean, they average 14 shots a game with 37% on target and they, they mm. face seven a game. And this is only at home. I've taken their away record out of that. Um, so they should have twice as many shots at goal, but their opponents are, are actually taking more of an advantage. Um I think there's probably a little bit of a confidence issue. Certainly with John Marquis, I think when there's a a big sum of money involved, you need a goal or two to get going. And as yet, he hasn't got going. Um, Whether it's going to be a good time to play them or not, we'll see. Uh, But it's, yeah, again, I think it's got draw written all over it. I really do. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. So um, that's, uh, yeah, that's Portsmouth tipping it for a draw. He obviously tipped us for a draw last week. So if you've got... uh, you know, if you've got your acker on, give it a go. Um, I've actually put us for an away win on my acker. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Well, um, so is there anything else that we need to talk about? Obviously, we are recording this at about quarter past six on Monday. So um, it's uh, as of the as of the minute, we don't know who we've got uh, in the FA Cup draw. I mean, who would you like? Um Salford away because we know we'll be on telly. <laughs> I can't. Probably. I can't give a better answer than that. No, I'd. I'd actually like to go to because uh, everyone says non-league team at home is what you want. And looking back over history, you look at us beating the likes of Billingham, Synthonia. Uh, I seem to remember us beating Welling a few years ago, Stevenage Borough when they were a non-league side. Um, you get a non-league side at home. And you're in, especially in when you're in League One. It's it's usually a good bet. I would like an away draw, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed our away trip to Wimbledon in the FA Cup. And, you know, we had a lot of good away days when we got to the quarterfinal. And I just, you know, away somewhere where we won't be going in the league, um, preferably a non-league side. The ideal draw, of course, would be Boston United. Um, yeah. That would be the big one so that we can just remind them of their place in things. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the one that a lot of people are kind of hoping for, isn't it, Boston? Um, either at home or away. Um, but I don't know. I, I I honestly don't mind. I think there is a small part of me that doesn't want to have a big cup run this season. Um, and admittedly, that small part of me is just because I don't want the Sunderland game to get rearranged, which I know it will if we get through to the third round. And the same if they get through. It'll get rearranged. They'll get through. It'll get rearranged. Don't imagine that we're going to play Sunderland on that day. Yeah. No uh, chance. No. It's, uh, I do, you, you've got to want a cup run, Ben. You've got to want a cup run. It's money. That's we what I mean. Like, there's there's, there's only a small part of me that doesn't. Yeah, it, it needs to be the real smallest part of you. And I know your missus, we've had a chat, so I know what that is. Yeah, it's my little toe. Part of you. Uh, well, <laughs> that's what you say. Um, but 
you know, we get through to the FA Cup third round and draw Arsenal away, Man United at home. You even get, I don't know, Luton away, Huddersfield, the championship team. Michael Appleton knows that there's going to be more money in January. And the difference between us finishing fifth from bottom and two places outside the playoffs could be a strong January. Mm. That's how tight this league is. Yeah. Um, so the more money he has at his disposal, the better. So in that respect, I suppose we should be looking for, you know, a decent home tie. Yeah, if you don't want a cup run, let's have Sunderland at home and let's have another 10,200 10, or whatever it is. But no, for me, give the fans a day out at Molden and Tiptree. Um, and then second round, you know, we'll, we'll have something similar. And then you rock up big third round game, get it out of the way like we did last year, get the money in the bank. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, As I say, it's not, I don't want to, I don't don't want to not have a cut run. Obviously, you always want to, you know, you always want to do well. But um, I'd I'd like to go to the stadium I like this season. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Well, we will play them. And when the game's rearranged, it means it's played some some other time in the season. They don't just cancel it. I'm aware of that, Gary. I know how these things work. I was just checking. It was the way that you said it. You know, I, I was actually told a story once. I don't know how true this is. Uh, and I won't name the player because he's a member of the former Players Association and he does come occasionally to Sinsel Bank. Uh, and I will tell you off air. But I was told by somebody that worked in the office that um, we were due to play a team on uh, the FA Cup third round weekend. And the team that we were due to play in the league got through to the FA Cup third round. And this player went into the club office and said, I've seen the cup draw. I think it might have been Brighton, but I might be wrong. So we'll use Brighton. Brighton have been drawn uh, away on FA Cup Day. Uh, will they still be putting a team out against us as well or not? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And we paid money for that player. <laughs> oh, wow. Jesus, that's amazing. I need. I will have to ask you who that is off air. That's fantastic. He needs. He, that guy needs his own episode of Jimbo. <laughs> well, um, speaking of, uh, we've not got uh, we've not got an episode of Jimbo at the minute um, because uh, we're going to save that for Thursday. But we will have a uh, couple of couple of opinions from Friday night. So uh, these are coming up now. Yep, so a, a disappointing nil-nil draw with Shrewsbury Town. I was able to catch up with some supporters outside the co-op stand to see what they had to say. All right, uh, I'm here with Chris. What did you think about that, Chris? I've just woken up, so I've, <laughs> I've had a nice power nap. Yeah. No, it was um, it's a point, isn't it? I suppose I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, was Nothing it was it a say. case of, of two really poor teams, really? Was it? I don't know. They just cancelled each other out. Um, I think they three at the back were strong Tyler was never going to win much against them um, and they didn't offer anything going forwards they came for draw so that's what they got you know boring game I just wanted to get your uh, opinion on the red card it was literally right in front of us in lower four you know didn't, it wasn't on the pitch didn't really look like a foul never mind it was straight red well I disagree with you on that because I thought it was as, as soon as he did it I thought he's going because he put his elbow on the fella's face and Oh, it was an elbow. Yeah, I, I yeah as, as he was running through, I think Kian knew he wouldn't do him for pace, so he just sort of lent into him, elbow first, took him. It was a red for me. So you yeah. know if it will be able to appeal that, and is it not worth the appeal then? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was a red. Um, and as soon as the ref blew his whistle, I thought that was what the outcome would be. I think they made a meal of it, but 
you can't go into someone with your elbow raised yeah. whether he was soft or hard yeah. it, it's a red card for me there sadly was, there was a lot of commotion between the supporters and a couple of their players you know that, I, you know, especially if you're in sight fans is that not punishable like, at all? well I think it should be I think it's meant to be uh, it rarely is um, we I think McGeady got it last week well we he? saw it but, but nothing happened with him did he? Um, and he raised his hand to a fan I mean, it was handbags at four paces, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, I mean, the fans are goading the players. The players, sometimes you sort of think if if they're going to just kind of like, he didn't do anything bad, did he? He just sort of mouthed off a bit at one of a couple of the fans. But they were being pretty um, over-aggressive, really, for what looked to me like a red card. One of the biggest sort of worries for me was that when... We, we brought John on Tyler went out to the left hand side and we kept paying central I didn't really think that worked I thought that was quite strange yeah I thought if anyone's going to go out wide it would have been Jack Payne um, and so if Tyler didn't have a touch for the last 20 minutes or so I don't think no. um, John did that you know he did a nice bit leading up to a disallowed goal um, couldn't tell from where we were sat if it was offside um, have a look it at did it. look have offside a look. It, it did look a little bit the second one um not quite as convinced was was as offside, but offside's offside. Yeah. Um, I thought John did all right. Um, it was just one of them games; nothing was going to happen. Yeah. Did we? Was it a case of them being really poor for the last ten minutes while we had a man sent off, or was it a case of us defending resolutely and being compact? I think as soon as Kieran went off, everyone dropped another ten yards. John dropped ten yards. Tyler dropped ten yards. We didn't have anyone over the halfway line for the last yeah. ten minutes. Um, so yeah, you know, defended well. Um, Vickers made a couple of saves. Not really a lot to write home about. Um, I'll go to bed and wake up and weekend. Uh, obviously, Tuesday, Portsmouth. You go in. It's going to be a difficult, difficult game down there. It is, yeah. And I, I'm dreading to think who he's going to be playing in centre defence because I can't imagine Bozzy will be back for it either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be a difficult game, long journey, but um, that's what we do, isn't it? Absolutely. So Connor, Lincoln Lil Shrewsbury, what do you really think? Um, absolutely awful. Um, neither team really turned up on the night. I think. I think Lincoln just there was nothing there. Didn't have anything going forward. We gave the ball away a lot in midfield, didn't we? Yeah, too much. Every time Grant touched the ball, they gave we gave it to him back. It's just not good enough. Right, and your view on the red on the red card for Kean Bolger? Absolutely awful. Uh, no real comment about it because it's just like didn't even look like a foul to us, did it? He didn't touch him. He went down rolling around like he'd had a broken nose. But did we defend well to then see it out or? Or was it Shrewsbury more being poor than us being good? To see it out, I think so. They had a few attempts, none like real clear shots, so I think we did all right that last 14 minutes or however long it was. Cool. So Ian, Lincoln Lille, Shrewsbury, what did you you make of that? As it started. (laughs) And before we go on, can I say how sexy you look in that jacket? The high-vis suits, yeah. I've had, I've had a couple of compliments, but, you know, going back to the football, just wasn't really any good either end, was it? Both teams flat, they came for the point, they got the point, I think they'll go home happy. They're sending off right in front of us. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Absolutely abysmal. I didn't even really think it was a foul, never mind a, a red card for Bolger. 
certainly wasn't a foul now um, hopefully they'll appeal it um, no cameras on this side of the pitch unfortunately which could go against Bulger but as far as the game goes just very very dull very flat it's a good job we've got another game on Tuesday to, to you know, put it right it is but that'll be tougher than this one yeah. long way to go um, also if Bulger's suspended just hope Bostwick's fit so uh, that was Jake our roving reporter now you might have spotted him uh, wearing a bright orange tabard or high-vis vest looking a little bit like a steward Uh, that's courtesy of Andy's boss I think um, I mentioned it on the show last week actually I don't know yeah Uh, but um, yeah very very kind of Andy to to put that on Jake I wondered if we might have some resistance actually because if someone asked me to wear a high-vis vest after a game I think I'd say probably not uh, especially if I was asking people to talk about a game that had just bored me senseless like Friday night so <laughs> fair play to Jake on that yeah absolutely so there we go if you do see Jake after a home game um, and again yeah thanks to uh, to Andy and the fun bus um, for, uh, for for providing that one but um, right so yeah I don't think there's much else to talk about um, before oh, no, we'll do another Thursday, won't we? We'll talk about yeah. Portsmouth and Bolton on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll have um, Bob's on. Uh, yeah, is, is Portsmouth on iFollow? Yes, I, it I, is. I, yeah. I can't actually go, so we'll, we'll be watching on iFollow. But Bob's will actually be there. Mm. Um, and is this going out tonight? Then yes, it Monday. is. So it will be out Excellent. Monday night. Um, I'll be sure to text you before I tonight. do put it out, so you can uh, put a post up. But, Wonderful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look forward to that. Absolutely. Right. So anyway, um, that's going to do us for this week. Uh, we will, well, for this week, I say for until Thursday. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So not for this week. No, then. not for this week at all. That, okay. Um, but yes, we will see you again on Thursday and then we will see you at the bank on Saturday. All right, guys, take it easy. We'll see you later. Bye. Cheers, chaps. Ninetieth minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, eighteen plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport powered. By fans.